I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a post-practice edition. David Lake joined by Gabby Urrutia. Um, Got some quick little things I want to touch on here on the front end before we hop into some interesting notes to touch on from the practice today. Um, Want to start with 75% off promo, uh, an annual VIP subscription deal that 24-7 Sports is offering uh, through Wednesday at 11.59 p.m. So if you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday and want to hop on that deal, Go ahead and do that. That comes out to just about, I think it's $26.80 for a year's worth of VIP coverage at Inside the U. Um, Good way to support this podcast. We always appreciate it when you guys do that. So wanted to highlight that here on the front end real quick. Also just want to highlight, I guess, I don't know, personal news just to be transparent, right? Um, My six-year-old, tested positive for COVID after one week at school. So due to contact tracing, et cetera, I have to be quarantined now for two weeks. Um, Everyone else in the house or the adults in the household are are vaccinated, no symptoms here. Um, So all good in that regard, just kind of monitoring the fever of the six-year-old and keeping that in check. And uh, so I'm just saying that because I am unable to go see practice at UM myself due to the quarantine protocols. So luckily, we had Gabby there on hand, along with our colleague, Christopher Stock. He was there as well. So they tag teamed it, did a great job. And we will get into those news and notes. Um, You know, the first practice after any scrimmage is always important to get some eyes on, on who's out there, right, Gabby? Um, it's a time to check what depth charts, depth chart changes can happen due to performance. And it's also important to note any injuries that happen because it's essentially the, the first time that they've had real true live tackling for an extended period during fall camp, right? So yeah, I mean, scrimmaged on Sunday, they had Monday off, Back at it Tuesday, I guess, in shorts and shirts, right, Gabby? Yeah. So there's plenty to get to. Let's just, um, you know, you, you had a good VIP observation rundown on the website. That will be more in-depth than this podcast, so I would, I would encourage everyone to go check that out. But let's, let's touch on some of the highlights. Let's start with the depth chart changes. Um, and to me, the most notable one, Honestly, Gabby is the offensive line. Yeah. Um, and that is Jared Williams now at left tackle um, with DJ Scaife now at right tackle. 
and that is due to Zion Nelson, who has been dealing with an injury, um, I guess, being out, right? Um, so, so my question to you, Gabby, is it time to start taking this Zion Nelson injury kind of more seriously? What do you make of this? Yeah, I, I think honestly, yeah. Um, I don't, I think the move of actually moving Jared Williams to left tackle, I think is pretty telling. Cause I think right. uh, escape was kind of just like the bandaid in terms of just like, let's just put a body out there. So Jared Williams could stick at his natural right tackle. Spot. So, so last week scape was yeah. working with left tackle. So it's yeah. worth noting that, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So scape was working with the left tackle primarily. So to see that sort of flip, uh, to me personally, just kind of, it's kind of just telling in terms of just like, we might really need to protect um, De'Ara King's blind side if Zion Nelson really isn't ready to go. And they believe that Jared Williams is best served to do so. So right. um, I think that was probably, probably the most notable thing of practice on Tuesday, just in terms of just like that, because that could be a potentially major development once we get a, once we get more information on that. Yeah. And, and to your point, to me, it is, a, we'll see how it all develops. Right. But to me, it is a sign that they, like you said, that they actively are, is I in the scrimmage as well. Like my spidey senses were tingling uh, when Miami sent out some photos to the media to use from the scrimmage. Right. And in one of those photos, you can tell Jared Williams is working at left tackle with the first team offensive line. And he's going against, uh, I believe Deandre Johnson in that photo. Um, so this is something that they, you know, are working on. And, and to me, it is a real sign that this could be the lineup, uh, for Alabama. It's a sign that maybe this Zion Nelson injury is more serious than Manny Diaz, let on last week, quite frankly. So interesting. Uh, I'm sure Manny might talk Thursday and, and uh, everyone will have to ask him about that. The other first team thing to note, I guess, on offense is Xavier Restrepo working with that group at, at the slot position. Gabby, do you think that was more, because I guess Mike Harley was, was out or limited. Was it a result of that, do you think? Yeah, I think it was, it was definitely a part of uh, just a part of that. Mike Harley, I don't know if he was out or limited. He was out there doing full blown sprints with uh, you know a Miami like okay. like an off field staffer or an analyst or something like that. He was doing he was doing a f like full range of motion stuff. I mean, he was sprinting, moving around. I don't think that there was anything hindering Mike Harley, but um, you know he was out again. He was out there, you know, very open in sight moving around and stuff. So I think that just sort of elevated Xavier Restrepo to that first team okay. sort of, you know, situation with that 11 on 11. And um, on defense, first team depth chart notes, Jared Harrison Hunt got elevated with the first team, but that might be the result of an injury as well with Nesta Jade Silvera wasn't out there, correct? Yeah, he wasn't out there. I don't, I mean, I didn't notice he wasn't out there, but I never saw him either. You know, like it was one of those things that we just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know until after that we were talking about it that I was like, wait, I don't think Nesta was there. You know, there's right. just a lot going on. So it's hard to always tell right off the bat, but uh, you know, just thinking about it more like Nesta, I don't believe Nesta was there and just talking to a couple of the other people that were on site. Uh, they didn't see him either. So it seems like Nesta 
might be dealing with something as well. And as a result as well of that, it elevated former five-star recruit and current true freshman defensive tackle uh, and uh, Leonard Taylor to the second team, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting little domino. Uh, Miami seems to be, you know, their depth at defensive tackle is good, but hopefully Nesta can come back on Thursday and is good to go. I think the other thing to note with the first team defense too was to Corey couch. Definitely. Yeah. To me, that I'll, seemed I'll like a, a performance change. Would you take it that way? Cause I don't think there was any injuries to note at corner. Correct. Yeah. If it, it, it feels that way, it feels like this is some sort of performance based uh, deal. Um, you know, there was that photo of Charleston Rambo beating Tyreek Stevenson. We obviously didn't get to see what happened Sunday night at pace during that scrimmage, right. but it feels just, you know, just to Corey couch sort of being elevated. I mean, I feel like he had been looking good just into Corey couch's defense. I don't want this to seem like this is just like a, a shame on you Tyreek type deal. Like to Corey couch, I feel like has been performing well. And right. then I guess Tyreek Stevenson, maybe not up to standard, or maybe this could be just like a motivational tool. Just, just be like, you know what? Like you need to, you need, you need to step up. You know, we got guys behind you that are going to push you. So uh, I don't know how permanent this will be, but it, it feels like this was sort of like a performance sort of a decision. Yeah. I mean, that's what competition's for the linebackers. I guess the first team linebackers were Corey flag and Keontre Smith. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two guys that they rolled out there. And uh, it feels like to me that that's what it's going to be. Honestly, just my, just my sort of guess, my gut at this point. Okay. Uh, going back to corner, I guess, Al Blades, it was notable that he seemed yeah. to be out there for the first time doing like team stuff. Cause he's, he's been out there, he's been fully dressed, but he's kind of been doing a lot of individual work from what we had seen before. Right. But he was out there doing more team stuff with the second team unit. Yeah. Yeah. He was out there, you know, he, he seemed like a full go, uh, running with the twos. He was, he was out there just opposite of Tyreek Stevenson. And, you know, he didn't seem limited in any way. So I think that's a positive sign. I mean, we all know what, what happened last year. So, I mean, I think it's huge for Miami's depth if they're able to, you know, have them just kind of be able to have them out there, be able to rotate them in. And then the defensive end depth was hit pretty hard. It appeared yeah. by some sort of minor injuries, right? Cause the yeah. second team, defensive ends were essentially walk-ons yeah um and who was out was it deandre and chance do i have yeah. that correct yeah it's deandre and chance and i mean they they, they weren't like not on the field uh, at first it looked like they weren't there but you know on that far right corner of green tree they have the sand pits back there and they were doing some sort of things back there so um again i don't think it's anything major i don't think it's anything like out of this world i don't think it's anything to worry about but um yeah those two were two more of the notable absences from the from the 11 on 11 work uh, which on Tuesday which concerns you more just from a depth standpoint at those line of scrimmage positions as, as things stand right now are you more concerned about the depth of the offensive line or the defensive line I mean I'll probably go defensive line because man I mean <laughs> when you get directly when you get right into that second unit and it becomes Josh Neely and Sam Fisherman I feel like that's a problem, you know, at least, right. you know, the, the second team offensive line, you got Kylie on Herbert, who again, hasn't been, you know, excellent in his Miami career opted out of last season. And then you got, you know, the Zelante Hillary's Usman Treo who started, 
you do got a walk on in Jared Griffith. Then you got Justice all the way from the UNLV transfer. I feel like you got like, I feel like you got a little bit more to work with there. Um, but I mean, you, it can't be like <laughs> at, at this that, point. It yeah. is interesting on on the offensive side, right? Because going into the season, we did think like Miami is it has really good depth on the offensive line, which they did on paper, right? But we've seen Zion Nelson go down. Ja'Kai Clark still kind of coming back from a, a car accident injury. Yeah. John Campbell uh, had a knee injury, I guess, during the summer or during the offseason that he's kind of working his way back from. So that's that's three guys that would have been in that, you know, rotation yeah, at least. Do you feel like, like, let's say this starting group that we know right now, so Jared Williams at left tackle, DJ Scafe at right tackle, if some other guy on the offensive line gets hurt between now and Alabama and Zion Nelson's still hurt, right? Is Justice Aluation the next man up in your mind? And if so, just how key was that addition, you know, looking back, adding him from UNLV during the summer? Because I remember when that addition happened in May, I was kind of scratching my head. But now, you know, that could, that could be a pretty clutch addition. Yeah, it could be. And uh, I mean, he's a guy that we've seen line up at like, you know, right guard, right tackle. So it seems he's a little bit versatile, probably not as big as you'd like, but yeah, I mean, I, it feels like he would be the next guy up, right? Like, I mean, you, after all the people that you've mentioned, I mean, if Zion Nelson can go, Ja'Kai Clark, um, John Campbell, I mean, again, one more guy goes down, it feels like he's, he's kind of the guy and yeah, that would, it, I think Garen justice would be feeling a lot better about that, about just having made that decision um, at this point, you know, just sort of knowing how this, everything has sort of like, you know, ended up kind of happening because again, like we thought this was going to be the deepest unit on the team. Like we just kept talking about like the most returning experience in the country, right. deepest offensive line in like Miami's, you know, potentially history, you know, just experience and all that stuff. And then just very quick, you just see how very quickly that can be depleted you know, with a couple of guys and just a couple of little things you can't really control happening. So, you know, I feel like Justice Oluwaisen ended, ended up being a, a pretty big addition, especially, you know, if this continues to trend the wrong way. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But I think you're glad to have a guy like that there. I think it's worth noting, too, that the running backs, Don Chaney and Cam Harris, appeared to be a full go. Now, I wonder if that's a full go because – it was a practice in short, right? It wasn't a yeah. full pad practice. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. Again, we know basically that they didn't really participate on Sunday. If they did, it was right. extremely it was extremely little. Um, so, yeah, the fact that they're just in shorts probably had something to do with it. I think it's good to just sort of see them out of that red uniform and see them just sort of, you know, running between the tackles and, you know, all that type of stuff. But you know, if pads do come on on Thursday, maybe, or I think we'll get a better idea of what that situation really looks like at this point. So that's it. I think for the depth chart slash injury stuff, um, you know, the little window that the media gets to watch Gabby, did you notice anything interesting performance wise, like one-on-ones or 11 on 11? Did anything stand out in that regard? Did anyone make any plays from what you saw? Yeah, I mean, there was nothing crazy. There was no like that. Well, there was no like highlight play of just like this one thing that happened. I mean, you know how it is, David. De'Aaron King gets a few plays. It was probably like maybe three or four plays. Then Tyler Van Dyke came in, ran three or four plays. Jake Garcia right. came in, ran. You know how it goes. And it on the on the first drive, Don Chaney ran the ball twice. That was basically that. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke's drive, 
Cam Harris gets two runs. That was pretty much that. And then Jake Garcia comes in. He hits Rashard Smith on a cross. That was probably the most notable thing that happened during that um, 11 on 11 session, just in terms of, you know, guys making plays. I think Xavier Restrepo had a catch now that I'm thinking about it with the, with the ones, but again, it was probably like a short little dink and dunk type of throw, like nothing, nothing down the field, not pushing for a big play or massive yardage or anything like that. So nothing, nothing major. Did you notice like, did the, you know, Rhett Lashley said he wants to get another look at the freshman receivers. Did they get elevated from what you guys could watch? I didn't see, I didn't notice anybody really elevated like that. I saw that. I mean, really, I saw Rashard Smith, Jacoby, George, Romello, Brinson. They rolled out there with the third team okay. uh, when that, when that 11, 11 stuff happened, who knows how the rest of the practice went, but from what we were able to see, it seems very much of just like what we pretty much saw every other practice. And just closing things up now interviews. It was, Inside linebackers slash special teams coach Jonathan Patkey, weak side linebacker Keontre Smith, slot receiver Xavier Estrepo, and offensive guard Jalen Rivers spoke with the media. Give me the most interesting thing that any one of those guys said during the media session, Gabby. Yeah, I mean, I'll start off with Patkey. Um, I mean, I think the linebacker play is obviously, you know, we've talked about it at length about how we feel like that's probably the weakest uh, position on the team. Uh, David, I asked him just how he felt about the tackling, just how he felt about, you know, all that stuff. He basically said it's not where he wants it to be. It's not really where anyone wants it to be. Um, he asked if he had met that Miami standard of tackling. He said, no, they're not quite there yet, basically. Um, you know, that's something that they're, they're going to continue to practice. They work on it every single day. He said this, the first scrimmage is typically like that because that's like the first true live action that they really get. And uh, that's the first time really hitting. So, you know, he was a little disappointed about the tackling efforts, but he seemed optimistic about how they can improve off that first scrimmage. So, I mean, you know, that's the sort of the lifeblood of this Manny Diaz defense is just really just finishing tackles. He said that, you know, these guys, when they hit someone, they need, they need to bring them to the ground. I, it doesn't feel like they're quite there yet, but, you know, again, he feels pretty good about the way that they sort of have flashed, I guess. He had some good things to say about Corey Flagg, Keontra Smith, and, uh, you know, those guys and just the way that they've been sort of performing. So that was probably the highlight of, of everything. Sure. Uh, I would encourage everyone to watch Keontra Smith's interview tomorrow because you're going to hear him say, I'm just a football player, like probably like 40 or 50 times. Because okay. that's, that's, it, it, was, it, was it was a good <laughs> one. It was a really good one. It was honestly really entertaining. It was like very like pure. Like it sounded like you're interviewing just like a kid that just like loves football. That doesn't really care about anything else but football. That just like loves the game. So it was funny in the sense that you're not you're not going to get a whole lot from it. But it was just a it was a really really cool interview in just terms of just really feeling how much the kid just really loves football and all that stuff. So would encourage everyone to watch that. Xavier Restrepo was cool too. Seems very confident. Also, Jalen Rivers is just a house. Um, you know, I feel like he's everything we kind of hoped he was going to be at least physically when he got there. Said he lost like five or 10 pounds ish, you know, trying to get into playing shape and all that stuff like that, but he looks great. And uh, yeah, I mean, those are probably the biggest takeaways from, um, from the interview sessions on, uh, on Tuesday night. Before we get you out of here, you caught up with uh, five-star defensive lineman Shamar Stewart at a Monsignor pace. Um, tease the article, give us a little interesting nugget from that article uh, and give people a reason to go subscribe, take advantage of this 
75% off annual sale to go read about your interview, your interaction with five-star Shamar Stewart. I will say off the bat, this is the, this today was probably the most I've heard Shamar Stewart. out. He's generally like a very cliche guy. You know, he'll say, he'll give you a sentence or like today he sort of went in depth with me, which is really cool. Uh, so, I mean, I would definitely encourage you. I felt like I got a lot of like his true thoughts and stuff. So uh, it was really cool to sort of have that more in-depth conversation. I've talked to him multiple times at this point. So it felt like, you know, maybe starting to open up a little bit, which is cool. Um, and, you know, probably the biggest takeaway, he's going to be at Miami and Alabama on September 4th. Cool. I mean, I think that's a big deal. Uh, you know, that he's going to make his way over for that, for that, for that game, obviously a huge game. And, uh, you know, he basically just said he wants to see Miami compete. Uh, he doesn't want to see them just lay down if my if Alabama is, you know, who we think they are, the number one ranked team in the AP poll, uh, just probably the greatest dynasty in the history of college football. Um, he wants to see Miami just be competitive. Um, I don't think he's expecting them to win the game or anything like that, but he just wants to see some fight. So, you know, he broke down a lot of his summer plans, summer visits, uh, you know, really went in depth about, you know, how he feels about, you know, Miami at this point and what he's been able to learn about the program, about Jess Simpson, and uh, a bunch of other things that talked about his Texas A&M official visit. So I would definitely encourage you to take advantage, man. $26 for a year's worth of this type of inside info. I think it's, I think it's worth way more than that. So I think you're getting an absolute bargain uh, at $26. So definitely subscribe, check out the article, check out a bunch of the other stuff we got going on on the side. I think we do some of the best wall to wall coverage of Miami Hurricanes football that you'll find. So I definitely think it'll be worth $26, which is a like two Chipotle bowls if you go out with someone. So uh, definitely have a go. Good stuff, Gabby. Appreciate you selling the deal. And that's, uh, we'll wrap it up there. So till next time, maybe we'll do another post-practice podcast if there's some juicy stuff to talk about following Thursday's practice. But uh, appreciate you, Gabby, being the correspondent, uh, filling in for... Mr. Quarantine here. <laughs> and uh, till next time, guys, take care. Absolutely. Later, guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.